This is episode number 28 of the Middle Country Public Library podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm your host this week, Sal DiVincenzo, joined by my fabulous colleagues, Sarah Vade and Nicole Rambo. And we are here to both educate and entertain you on all the wonderful things that we have to offer here at the Middle Country Public Library. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right, doing okay. Good. Nicole. Yes. Why don't you go first today? Sure. Do you guys know what zines are? I do. <gasps> I don't. What is it, Sarah? They're um, self-made DIY little magazines. Zines short for magazines. Yeah. I call them zines. They are No, they are called zines. If you're calling them zines, I understand why, but please stop. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually very cool and esoteric and very sort of detailed or broad. Right. It's usually about something very specific. Yeah. The person's likes and So dislikes. they're like yeah. mini subject right magazine yeah and they're and they're i mean you can have a couple of authors or you can have one person like designing it and making it and they um, are kind of like underground like punk rock like um and they are about topics that the person feels strongly about so they are and they're a really great way for like um marginalized underrepresented people to kind of get their work out because they don't they're self-published so they don't run through any kind of like editing or publishing company you know what i mean to like kind of damper down what they were going for or whatever um so they're pretty popular among that you know those groups and um we over the summer we did a zine project with teens Mm -hmm. which was super successful it was so much fun that's cool they had a great time and they produced this like wonderful Mm -hmm. amazing work a lot of them are because um zines are fun because it could be a totally like all words like written like a story or you know whatever or it could have like cut and paste kind of feel to it you can cut stuff out of that's like my jam i can't draw or write so i cut stuff out of (laughs) magazines paste them down (laughs) um but or you could do art you could do any kind of mixture anything Mm. you want and so our teens were um really artistically inclined and so they made these beautiful Mm, art zines they're so good and some of them had like a little story to them um one they really liked this uh, manga series, but they weren't, like, satisfied with how it ended, so they did it on their own. They're like, this is the ending that we wanted, so they made their, <laughs> like, cool. own. Yeah, yeah. so it really opens to stuff like that that you could do. Um, so, anyway, these teens did a really great job, and they came out beautifully. And while we were kind of working up to this zine project, we wanted to have a lot of examples for the teens to look at, like, a lot of zines. So, myself and Christine Tanzi, who is, she's been on. She's been on the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to like a zine fest, and so we got a bunch of zines, like a feminist zine fest in the city, and we got a bunch of zines. And then I had gone to the one in Chicago. And Did I was you in just Chicago. say zines in the city? Zines, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had gone to Chicago zine fest, and I had gotten a bunch. So now all of those ones that we had got for the teens to kind of look at during this project, as well as ones that the teens made, they're gonna they're on display down in um you know the underground. Nice. Yeah. So we're gonna put them up and for now it's just to look at in this space so okay. feel free to take them down and, and look at them and enjoy them in this space we'll see how it goes maybe eventually you'll be able to check them out and go from there there are library wow, chicago, chicago public library does um have a way like they are cataloged um so nice. they can be taken out and the teens and i was talking to the librarian during the zine fest and 
And she was saying it really got started because the teens were like, I want my work in the library. How can I do that? And so they came up with the the idea of like zines so they can make their own stuff. And uh, so maybe eventually we'll get there. But right now it's just going to hang out in the underground. But, you know, come down, take a look. It's really cool. Now, how do most folks self-publish? Like, how does that work? Do they actually go to like a small shop publishing? Yeah, so you can go go to... If you want to go to Kinko's and have them okay. yeah, and so it's get them printed, that, yeah. yeah, we did it here in house. Like the teens worked really hard. Like I made the copies, and then they sat there with the long, long arm stapler, and they folded wow. and stapled and folded and stapled, and they had like all of their copies ready for because we had a nice little like showcase for them for their family and friends to come so they could share their work and hand out because like a huge thing a huge component of like zine culture is really like handing your work out for mm-hmm. either free or very low cost like maybe they're two bucks or five bucks depending on like the amount of you know work that has gone into it um and some of them are really really quite stunning like beautiful work like because mm-hmm. there's like digital like, it ranges like, so you're saying zine culture so this yeah. is something that's very like a subset of the publishing world yeah it's like it's like like underground like, yeah like not anarchist, but and I'll say it's like they want to like kind of go against like the idea of I don't go against but like counterculture. Yeah, counterculture. Yeah. That's the word. So yeah, w- speaking of counterculture, so is this w- what type of subjects do? And not not necessarily our patrons, with the teens who did it, yeah. but when you go and read a zine, is it like really out there stuff, or is it? No, it's like ranges, like and. Like, zine fests are a great way to see the range. Like, I didn't even know of it, you know, until I went and saw, like, like literally it could be anything. Like, a lot of them, or a lot of the ones that, like, say, Chicago Public or teens did, they were, like, how-tos. So, like, little how-to guys, like, how to do this, how to do that. And then, like, some of them are more comic book. Some of them okay. are more, like, story, comic book related with drawings and stuff like that. Some are about social issues, experiences. Um, some are just photography, people's mm. photography oh, cool. and stuff like that. Yeah. So... Like uh, most of your interests could be turned into like a zine. I know. Um, <clears throat> when I heard of it, mm-hmm. it was through punk rock and skateboarding. Yeah. Okay. Back in the day, and actually originated with sci-fi fanfic in okay. the '60s. Ah. Yeah. So it's like science fiction was coming out, and like mm-hmm. people were like making their own stories and having like l- like fanfic is now. I don't know. If you, it's probably know. a little different yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't but, like it when you say fanfic. Uh, well, you wouldn't like reading fanfic. <laughs> no, you would feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that, it's weird. But it originated. <laughs> oh, it's not weird. Sorry, I don't want to put anyone. Everyone's yes. like a fanfic writer. Get, I, get, hey, maybe we'll get an I, angry email yeah. finally. <laughs> There's nothing. And I hope you write and enjoy your fanfic. Um, but it is not for everyone. Anyway, which is uh, why but, it's a zine. But yes. zines aren't for every. You know what I mean? Like you have to. And that's the other thing about um because they're not. Um, going through a publishing agency, like you really do have to flip through these zines, especially when you're curating for like a teen mm-hmm. collection. Like you have to look through them to make sure that they are like appropriate because they could literally be about anything, and they don't mm-hmm. have that like YA kind of label on it that right. has gone through someone. There are like zine distros, <coughs> like distribution mm-hmm. the, um, online, and I had emailed one, and she was really great. I told her, and she and she guided me. She's like, these ones I think would be appropriate for you, and nice. so you can order them and. Mm-hmm. Bulk, but you know what I mean. You can order them that way, or you can go to these Dean Fest thing and get them. Um, or a lot of them are on Etsy as well. Um, yeah, so that's our newest collection. Very and cool. We're really that's excited about excellent. it, and it's nice to have like the teen involvement in it. It's great, great way yeah. to be creative. Yeah, so yeah. that's down in the underground. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, awesome. Well, thank you, Nicole. Sarah, what do you have for us this week? I'm going to do a little book review. Nice about a book that I read. 
Um, it is Stephen King's. It's not his latest. His latest is The Outsider. Okay. This is the second latest. Uh, it's called Sleeping Beauties. Because he writes like a book a, a week, right? And he's he's turning into a Patterson where he's starting to get co-writers. Oh, no. Uh, really? But it's like it's his son's. But I, I don't know. Okay. But um, so, yes, this book is called Sleeping Beauties. And I actually, I'm sorry, I'm turning away from the mic. It actually is written with his son. So, okay. Um, it is a large book, 702 pages. But um, even if you're not into Stephen King's horror and you've read his fictional, you know, regular fiction, he is an excellent writer where it's fast. So, like, it's it was a little daunting. Not as big as it, but it was, you know, but I'm like, oh my God, this is going to, but it, it mm-hmm. was such an easy read because he's such a good writer. Apparently, so was Owen King. Um, however, I was like, if I was to be a fanfic author, I would <laughs> change the way. Like, my next zine will be an alternate ending to Sleeping Beauties. Oh, oh interesting. Um, so the book is about um, this sort of disease that takes over women, where if they go to sleep, they sort of get cocooned. Of course, Stephen King. Yes, in this sort of mothy web. Case. Wait, anytime yeah. a woman falls asleep, or only yeah. women, yeah, and only if they have a disease. No, 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 uh, just all, all any women. woman. Yeah, sure. any woman that falls asleep. Yeah. Any woman that falls asleep. It can't be in. where they wake up and they feel well rested. Yeah. <laughs> no. So even be. babies, you know, infants and toddlers and everything. Any girl, woman, mm. get this happens to them. And of course, men, you know, are left alone to their own devices. Which, you know, it's not a good thing. So now all the women in the world yeah. are in a cocoon. If they fall asleep, which they do eventually, you're gonna right. have to fall asleep. So, and apparently, if you try to get this webbing off of, you know, a woman, yes. they go nuts and, and very violent, very violent. It's not oh, a yeah. good thing. So, what okay. happens when Steve wakes me up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go for the jugular. So, of course, then it's like, don't wake them up, and yeah. the people are thinking, oh, maybe we'll just kill them because what's happening? Why are they like this? Yes. You know? Of course, of course, men would be like, let's just kill them. Yeah. So then, unfortunately, so then you know. Thank you. <laughs> the opinions expressed in today's show are only, <laughs> only expressed by held by women. Yeah. Um, so then the book is about like what's happening to these women, what's going on with the men. Are they emerging as butterflies? No, oh. nothing as great as that. But uh, okay, this is. Are you gonna, are, oh, is this going to be a spoiler? Spoiler. Okay. spoiler. Okay. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you what happens, okay. but there is an alternate sort of reality of where these women are. Oh. So they get cocooned, and then they are living it's like an Amazon kind of like in this different plane this, world. I don't even. What's know how to it in it. A Wonder Woman? Where Where does she live? The Mascara. Mascara. The know. island with all the women and Wonder Woman. Not Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah. 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 The mascara. The mis- I don't know. I don't know. Oh my yeah. goodness. I Email us. Let me know. Yeah. yeah. So then it's just about You're gonna like. Wait. You're going to be waiting a long time. <laughs> <for> <laughs> <an answer. laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> so then it's about. Um, and this woman is, is a key to all this. Who is she? What. Okay. What is her role She's in like this? Like woman zero. Yeah. yeah. And then it's about like what the men are doing to mm. try to figure out because they figure out she knows what to do and mm-hmm. and then it sort of is about that and then how it all comes together and how it gets resolved sort mm-hmm. of but i have to say it's i i was like it's gonna be gross it's gonna i'm i'm into horror i'm into sci-fi yeah mm-hmm. um, you know i'm like yes and it wasn't it was more like a green mile type of okay fantasy so uh, which is okay it yeah. is okay but that's not, my kind of but not when you're like Ooh, i'm gonna be scared you tonight. were hoping oh. for something else. and then you're not you're just like oh this yeah is weird, okay. but um, but it's like I said, it's still a very good book. It's a good read, but it's more of a fantasy type of. So you would suggest it? 
I would suggest if that's your cup of tea. Okay. Not for horror, not for scares, but if you're looking for a little sci-fi fantasy type of read, mm-hmm. you know, and you like him, then I don't see why. Because it's quick. It's a fast read. Okay. I, mean, I think I did it in three or four days. Wow, 700 and something pages. It, well, you just fly through. Because it's easy. You, don't have, you yeah. don't have to think there, Stephen King. But like, you know, it's a very okay. easy to digest. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Sarah. Well, and by the way, Nicole, it is the Themyscira. Themyscira. Yeah, what write. is it called? Yeah. Themyscira. Where all the, 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 so it's the, the, the it looks like yeah. mascara. It looks like the mascara. That's where they live. The yes, mascara. That's yeah, the, that's the, our the island that they island. all live on. I yes. thought you you watched like yeah, but when I hear like like they probably said it a million times, I'm like what? Themyscira. I just I just love I just love her 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 invisible airplane because it's like look at that woman crouching at 20,000 feet (laughs) (laughs) strangest thing I've ever seen (laughs) okay For our focus segment this week, we have Jimmy Ward back in the studio. How are you, Jim? Good. How are you? Good. And today we're going to talk about a great feature that we have here at the library called Mailbox Library. Yes. So why don't you give us a quick overview of what Mailbox Library is? Okay. So Mailbox Library is uh, for patrons who, are, who, for medical reasons, are unable to come into the library physically. Um, so we have a service where they have to fill out an application, get it signed by a medical professional. And then once it, um, they send it back to one of our uh, cl- our clerks who takes care of that that application, they are then uh, able to have items, library items, checked out and mailed to them at their home. Wow, fantastic! Yep. So they come in what, like a box, a bag? What's it's a, like a little bag with a zipper. Oh, great! And, and it um, has a little card on the outside, um, which has their name and address on it. And then when they're d- when the patrons are done with the items, they just flip the card. It has the name of the clerk who it has to be sent back to, and then it gets sent back to the library and checked back in. So, okay, so someone has to come to the reference desk to get an application. How does someone get an application? Uh, they can call, and then we will mail out an application to them. Okay. Yeah, and then they just have to make sure they get it approved by a medical professional. It has to be a medical professional. Correct. So after that process uh, and we receive the application, about how long does it take before the patron is officially a mailbox library patron? Uh, relatively quick. I mean, once we get it signed, you know, make sure it's signed by the medical professional and we, and we receive it, uh, it's just a matter of a day or two and, uh, and they're approved. Wow, fantastic. Yep. So what is the process of a mailbox uh, library patron to want to take items out? So how does that work? So they can, um, I, there's actually different methods that uh, some of the patrons um, employed. Some of them call the reference desk uh, directly and just whoever's on will take care of it and they just let them know that they're part of mailbox library and then that librarian will put the items on a specific cart that then gets mailed out to them so some people actually call me directly and will uh you know and i i you know developed a uh little you rapport, know, rapport with, with them these, yeah uh, so it's nice and you patients. know so now i gotten to know a few of them and um i'll take care of their their uh, needs personally and, and mail out the items can patrons also use the uh, online web portal as well? How does that work? They could um, if they if they have their um, barcode and they can log on to their um, their account online. They can request the item, and then when that item is checked back in and and you know it's reserved for them, it'll then be put on the uh, mailbox library cart for them, and then the clerk will mail it out. Great. After the process is complete, after the patron becomes a mailbox library patron. Mm-hmm. Anything that happens from that point on, the items are going to get sent to the the person's house Correct. in this in this bag. Yes. 
So the bag comes to the house. They take their items out. They use them. What is the checkout period for a mailbox library patron? So it's the same um, time that any patron would get, uh, three weeks for books, um, one week for a movie. The only difference is they will not accrue fines. Um, the only thing that would happen is if they did not return the item, they will get billed for it. But once they return that item, it'll just get, the fines will get wiped out. Sure, I have to assume that their item is due on a Friday and they want to put the item in the mail on Friday. Obviously, it's not going to get right. at their time. So It takes a few days. There's, right. there's a there's a grace period then for mailbox library patrons. Right, right. Great. Do we have a spot on our website with more information for there, patrons? Uh, there is, yes. Okay, great. So we'll put that in the show notes then. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for giving us that info, Jim. It's good to have you back in the studio and... Uh, Hopefully we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. So that does it for this week's show. If you'd like to listen to older episodes or see our show notes, visit our website, mcplibrary.org forward slash podcasts, or email us at podcast at mcplibrary.org. So for Sarah Fade and Nicole Rambo, I'm Sally Vincenzo, and we'll see you on the next show.